You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. And it looks like we are live. Going to give Bawana Beast just a second here behind the scenes. Uh, a quick second to add the Facebook group in here. Stalling. There's the green check mark. Five green check marks across all platforms. Mile high. Hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Sanderson. And joining me today for, I think this is the second time you've been on the show, but it's not quite the, the usual. He's still a good friend and colleague. Uh, Mile High Huddles, well, one of Mile High Huddles uh, NFL draft analysts and the co-host of the Building the Broncos and the Mile High Insiders podcast, Nick Kendall. Nick, it's been a minute since we got a chance to ch- to talk with each other. Let's see, let's what was it the the NFL draft? I think the, the live stream for the NFL draft was last time we got to talk to each other in person. How you been, man? I'm doing well. I gotta say, uh, I like the facial hair. Last time I saw you, that was not uh, as grown on there. So it's maybe a little bit hot out there. Maybe a little bit forest smoke fire going on to keep yeah. that on there. I I. I respect you for it. I couldn't pull it off. Um, I get like the just barely, I keep the scrub, um, but uh, it matches me. Also, I want to say I, uh, I wore the shirt for the Dove Valley Deep Divers today because we're diving nice. deep. So um, this thoughts out for everyone. Actually, I wore it to work today too. Like, you know what? It's Friday. We only have a few appointments at the clinic. I'm going to, I'm going to dress up and uh, enjoy myself today. So happy Friday, everyone. And happy to be here. And thanks for having me. Yeah, man, uh, not a problem. And I'm glad you were able to join. Uh, Eric, obviously not here tonight. I'm not exactly sure what he's got going on. I think some family stuff for him. Not going to do the trickle zone this week. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, no, uh, the facial hair. My my son actually was talking to me. I, I was got I got kind of scruffy over the weekend and whatnot. And he's like, you should keep your mustache. So I tried it. I was like, okay, we'll see what it is. And it, it actually filled in nicely. So I'm I'm enjoying it. You should have mm-hmm. seen my hair, though. I had I had really long hair there for a while, it, like, at mm-hmm. least longer than not quite as long as yours. I remember you grew yours out when uh over the last year and whatnot and yours got yeah. like wild and crazy there i it have goes out like, it's like the chia pet you know it's the it's very a lot of volume um in my i guess i gotta call him out give him a hard time uh, my sister's fiance he is he's accepted it and gone the clean shave so i'm like nice. oh if you got it flaunt it i'm at that stage of my life you know 29 years old it's like ah uh, if you have hair at this age you better enjoy it Right. Yeah. Mine, mine gets curly. It gets really, yeah, really curly. Good. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not very easy to keep, you know, cause it curls really bad and then it itches and it, it I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily like it. So the other day I went and got a haircut, I had to clean myself up just a little bit to have you on the show. Cause I mean, you, you obviously are one of the best looking guys on mile high huddle. I'm just kidding. The muffin man. Uh, oh. <laughs> hey, man I'm out here climbing mountains these days. So. I know. Right. You're doing, you're doing good. How, uh, what was, how was your trip to, what was it? Mount St. Helens the other day that looked like a blast. Yeah, summited Mount St. Helens, uh, left the trailhead at 3, up at 7 a.m., and uh, it was good. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I see Willie's really happy to see me here. Didn't realize freaking Nick would be here, too. <laughs> I love Willie. Willie, what's up, dude? Um, In the shop with Willie is one of the one of the, uh, one of of the the best guys. He has really good questions, awesome comments and whatnot. Willie, uh, glad to yeah. see you here. So, uh, But, guys, before we get into this, I want to just give a shout-out really fast, get some matters of business here as well. You guys are watching the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Again, I'm your host, Lance Sanderson. You guys can follow me uh, on Twitter at Sanderson MHH and for Nick, my good buddy here at Nick Kendall MHH. While you guys are at it, follow at Huddle Up Pod and also the mother account at Mile High Huddle. That's where you're going to get instant news and analysis on your Denver Broncos. Um, film film breakdowns like the Jerry Judy piece I just dropped uh, late last week, um, opinion articles, stuff like that. Anything regarding the Denver Broncos, you're going to find it at Mile High Huddle. Um, and 
with that, guys, we're going to get on to the show here today. Uh, interesting show for you guys. Before we get into the 53-man roster breakdown, uh, Nick actually found this on Pro Football Focus. I can't remember what what what's the podcast called. Um, it's Mike Renner and Austin Gale. They have a good podcast. Um, I enjoy it. I listen to it a lot uh, leading up to the draft. Um, it's two for one drafts. So uh, okay. they mainly focus on like the college to the NFL transition. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes I don't agree with everything they have to say. Um, but I think they're two pretty good minds and they have a lot of interesting takes. So it's, you know, fun to crowdsource and, you know, help to develop higher tier opinions and whatnot based on what other thoughts are going on. So, uh, yeah, no, they had Shelby Harris on to interview this week and uh, he had some interesting comments on the quarterback position for the Broncos. Yeah, man, it's, it's let's just dive right into it really fast. This is Shelby Harris on the two for one podcast. I think Taylor's a good. Taylor. He's a vet. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're not going to see many mistakes out of Teddy. And, and and when it all comes down to it, the safe throw is the best throw sometimes. And so you know what you're getting out of Teddy. Honestly, I don't think this QB battle is really making a big deal, you know, in the locker room. I think we just want the best guy out there. And, and for me, I really just feel like it's whoever turns the ball over the least. Because I feel like a lot of times in the season, if, if you throw an interception and we get the ball back at the fifth, they get the ball to fifteen, then okay, that's how we get screwed. If we just, if, okay, it's fine. If we don't get it, just punt it away. Make them go eighty. Make them go eighty, not fifteen. Yeah. And and especially with the defense we have, like that's why I'm like, yeah, make them go eighty. Yeah, and, and that's what I feel like the thinking needs to be. And I think it's going to be between Drew and Teddy. I think, you know, I think Drew. I I like Drew a lot, and you know, I I just I I believe in Drew and. And I've had Drew, but like also Teddy's a good quarterback too. So I'm happy with either of them. A lot like to unpack the there. in the background. Right, yeah. <laughs> I see you dancing over there too. Buddy. I know, got a uh, good vibes. It's Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Friday to everybody. Uh lot to unpack there. A really lot to unpack. The way that Shelby kind of spoke about you know, taking care of the football, the the lack of turnovers and everything like that, putting the defense in key situations. And quite honestly, you think about it, and we all understand, you know, Teddy Bridgewater threw 11 interceptions last season, but comparatively speaking to Drew Locke's 15, you know, making the smart throw, making the right throw, not turning the football over. Does it sound to you, Nick, like Shelby is not necessarily opining that he wants Teddy Bridgewater to be the guy, but that's the way that he's kind of leaning? I mean, if you read in between the lines, I would say that he is leaning towards Teddy Bridgewater in that sense. But it's the it's something that I've been saying all offseason. And it's something that even I think it was either Shermer or Fangio hinted at as well. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we want to score points, but this is a defensive oriented team and we cannot turn the ball over like we did last year. So whichever quarterback can execute the offense, get the ball to the playmakers where they can do something after the catch and protect the football. That's going to be the guy who wins the job. And uh, I don't think that's that's far from being determined. Hopefully these upcoming weeks will have a lot to do with that. Um, but I mean, it seems pretty simple to me. Protect the ball, run the offense and good things can happen. Don't do too much. You know, have you, have you ever, did you ever see uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. Classic yep. movie. You know, they're kind of like yep. uh, mm-hmm. it's Russell Brand uh, with uh, Jason Siegel. He's like on this, the, the surfboard. He's like, OK, you want to do nothing. Do nothing. And it's like, well, okay, now you're doing too much. You know, go back, go back. Dude, you got to do less than that. And that's kind of the quarterback position here. You don't do too much. You don't have to do too much. You don't have to win the game. This defense, the offense even, is built where the quarterback just has to steer the ship and things will be fine. So uh, to me, it does sound like a Teddy Bridgewater leaning for Shelby Harris, but he's a smart guy also. He goes back full circle and says, you know, I like both these guys, whatever it is, it is. You know, he's been coached up, Patrick Smythe. Hat tip to Patrick Smythe, the bet one right, of the best yep. in the business. Um, these guys are coached before doing any interviews, no doubt. Um, but 
reading between the lines, I would say that it is a, a Teddy Bridgewater centric comment there. If we are specifically reading into the turnovers comment. And that's, that's kind of what I got out of it. When I first saw that comment and and first listened to it, and then I listened to it again, I'm like, you know, he really is talking about Teddy Bridgewater being the guy here. Like that's, it really is, you know, make him go 80 yards. And this goes into kind of an interesting philosophy. I understand, you know, the upside of Drew Locke and the touchdown passes he had, the, the ability to push the ball down the field, the explosive play potential and everything like that. And I value that a lot, but I also value keeping a hold of the football and, you know, doing it as long as every single drive that you have ends in a kick or a touchdown, you're going to be doing fine. Whether that's a punt or a field goal, you're going to be doing just fine. So long as you don't turn the football over and give the other team, especially like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, you know, you saw that with the Broncos last season. Drew Locke had a couple of interceptions, I believe, against the Bills, and they put up, what, 44 points or something like that. So to see the to see every drive end in a kick it's it's actually a very valuable thing and i want it's kind of an interesting philosophical question i'm going to dial this down here in a second but interesting philosophical question that eric brought up to us on our group chat a, a couple of months ago would you rather have a quarterback that is guaranteed to throw three touchdown passes every single game or a field goal kicker that will be able to make every single field goal from any distance regardless of the conditions now, if you really think about that, it, obviously the three touchdowns sounds great. Cool. You're going to guaranteed to score three touchdowns, right? 21 points. But if you have a kicker that can make every single field goal from any distance, regardless of the, the conditions, you have, what, nine drives in a, in a game on average, something like that. If you're scoring three points every single drive because he can make a field goal from any distance, you're scoring 27. So give me that guaranteed 27 points because we're ending every single drive with a kick. You know what I mean? It's interesting in that aspect. I understand, you know, obviously the higher upside of scoring the touchdowns, it takes three three field goals to, to beat a touchdown. But if you can continuously put yourself in that position to score points every single drive, and if nothing else, make the offense do it as much as they possibly can, you can beat a quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes by controlling the football, putting up as many points as you possibly can, and making them use the entire field, the entire field, and utilize this defense. I think that's a, a very interesting point. And Nick, what do you think about that? I will say there is one sort of uh, flaw in the logic there where you're assuming there are no turnovers that happen. Right. Yep. Um, so that's a big difference um, mm-hmm. as far as like it's not every single drive is ending in a punt or a touchdown or a field goal because you have those turnover ones as well. So that's limiting right. uh, that impact. But that is an interesting uh, conversation to have and topic. It probably also depends on what the rest of your team looks like. Right. right. Like if you have a if you're guaranteed three touchdowns, it was it guaranteed three touchdowns or was it only three touchdowns? Oh, it, it was gu- guaranteed three touchdown passes. So, it, and it can be more. Yes, it definitely yeah, can so, be more. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, but uh, will be will be interesting for sure. Um, let's get to some of these. We got the super chats starting to roll in here, so yeah, let's man. get through some of these guys. We got Braden Poff coming in here, but Braden, don't recognize you. Um, but uh, good to see you. Uh, Two dollars super over on YouTube. He says nine and eight with Teddy at best. 11 and six with drew at worst wealth. Uh, Braden, I think you, uh, I think we know where your alliances stand. Uh, I I'm not planting my flag anywhere, uh, because I want to gather more data and see what happens and let this quarterback battle play itself out. But, uh, you know, thank you very much for the comment, Braden and, uh, 11 and six with drew at worst. You're expecting some big steps forward from drew lock. Definitely could happen. Um, I want to see it. But uh, we'll see. Um, And BX Bronco Jedi coming in here over on YouTube as well, saying with Teddy, this is a playoff period. This is a playoff bound team, period. Um, So I think I'm filling in the blanks there for you, Jedi. Um, It's definitely possible. I would say I don't think that with Teddy, it's a guarantee, guaranteed playoff team. Um, Even with the weapons, there's a lot of projection, right? It's such a young offense with the quarterback position. You got questions on the offensive line still. Um, They need to take steps forward in the defense 
while they really attacked the secondary this year, both your star pass rushers are questions right now with uh, injuries. So uh, I wouldn't say guaranteed for playoffs, but uh, I do think that Teddy, I've said all offseason, Teddy really raises the floor of your team. And uh, that's something that with everybody, all these people on hot seats, the Broncos on the longest, the second longest AFC playoff drought, only behind the Jets, which is crazy to say, uh, coming off the Super Bowl victory. Um, you know, that's, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, it, it's, it is a, a crazy dynamic because, you know, if Drew Locke does take that next step forward, and I mean, he's got all the tools. Let's, let's be honest here. I'm not going to mince any words here. I don't necessarily yeah. think that Drew Locke is going to take that next step. I, I just, I don't have, I don't have the, the faith in that. I don't necessarily have the faith that Teddy Bridgewater is going to take this team to the next level either, but he's going to bring it a more grounded and centric, uh, a ground centric approach, more safe and conservative approach and might be able to not lose games. Maybe not be able to go out and win you a game, but he's going to play well enough to not lose you a game. And that's, that, that's, the interesting dichotomy here because if drew lock takes that next step he can go out and win games he has the talent and the ability to do that it's just do you really trust that he's going to be able to do that and there's an interesting question here holding adams jumping in here on facebook he says uh could drew benefit from sitting behind a teddy uh teddy bridgewater for a year and refining his game or would that mean lock has officially failed and is just a backup quarterback in the nfl i mean it's 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 a fun question because quite honestly if drew lock doesn't win this job and it, it is teddy and teddy starts out the season you can you can look at it one of two ways. Drew Locke's done in this the end of his career in Denver, and he probably is going to you know be cut and turn into an NFL journeyman, similarly to like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or they're saying, well, he still needs just a little bit more time. We're going to get him on, uh, get his feet wet just a little bit more in practice. Let him go up against this defense, and we'll see. We'll see if we can't go to him later in the season. And maybe even if Teddy's playing well, we want to see what Drew Locke is. He's showing us his, these steps. He's showing these progressions. Let's see what he can do. Get him out there and see if he is the franchise guy that we actually think. I mean, there's. Again, that's an interesting two-sided conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this would have been much more possible if this happened a year ago where you had Drew Locke that we saw a little glimpse of. But after two years, the big thing is you only have two years left to control with Drew Locke. And that makes it very hard to not gather more data on him this season. Um, So, and you made a good comment, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that's right now the most likely career outcome for Drew Locke, you know, a guy who will start here and there and you'll see some incredible throws and some tight window throws, but also you'll see his fair share of four interception games and like WTF games yeah. um, decisions. So, uh, but you know, only what 18 starts so far, second year in the system, good offense coming around him. There is definitely reason for optimism. And I know that a lot of people point to the tools with uh, Drew Locke and I'm definitely somebody who's a tr- tool oriented uh, and our scout when it comes to analyzing the quarterback position. But the uh, tools also don't guarantee, you know, excellence. Like one of the more toolsy quarterbacks I can remember coming out the last decade, as far as like arm talent, body build and solid athleticism is Cardale Jones. But yeah. that dude did not work very hard and uh, you didn't, you know, just didn't have it uh, as far as the instincts or the processing. And uh, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. He, but if he wasn't in the league, he'd have one of the strongest arms in the league. But, you know, t- tools only tools really only do take you so far because you have to have those intangibles, the uh, intellect as well that goes with those. Yeah. Well, at least Cardell Jones with all the tools and everything wasn't caught crying on the sidelines like Paxton Lynch was because again, his tools are overrated. <laughs> he was overrated tools wise. Yeah, he was. And for Moro jumping in here with the $5 super chat. Uh, hello gentlemen, still at Disney world and busy, but keep up the great work. Hashtag get Rogers. Now that is something that we can definitely both agree on uh, guys. We're going to, 
we're going to kind of try to keep this show a little bit uh, a little bit early tonight. I got another super chat here from Travis Weber. I'm going to grab that really fast. Uh, good evening, Broncos country. Any surprises we will see in the 53-man roster? And this is the perfect – we like to call that a segue in the business, uh, the perfect segue here. Now – I'm actually kind of excited here. I usually we do this with Eric Trickle and obviously, you know, with him not being here tonight, we had to get somebody here and Nick, obviously jumping in here, the, the host of the building, the Broncos podcast, building the Broncos, this is building the team. So I get to have a professional expert opinion on this uh, outside of my own or outside of the echo chamber that we get with Eric Trickle sometimes on building this roster. Now, uh, Nick got here just a little bit late. So I built my roster. We're going to have him react to what I've got going on here. And obviously um, starting off the most important position quarterback, I only have two, uh, Drew, uh, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater in whatever order you want to put them in there. Uh, I would like to see Drew start this year, at least sometime. I, I Honestly, I want to see him start the season, but at the same time, if it's going to equate to wins and get this, this team onto a hot start in the early season schedule, Teddy Bridgewater's the guy. Pretty much no argument there, Nick, right? We're not seeing Brett Rippon on this roster? Uh, I don't think you'll see Brett Rippon on this roster, uh, but the, we got Braden coming in here. Obviously, he had the comment earlier about the floor being, what, 11-6 and six with uh, Locke, so he's letting it be known. Uh, horse emoji, rooster emoji, and padlock emoji. I don't you kids and your emojis, I don't even know what you mean. No, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I think it's possible that Rippon could still make the roster. But with Teddy and Drew, it's not like you have a young developmental quarterback. And let's call Rippon what he is, right? He's a future coach more than he is a future starting caliber quarterback. Just the arm talent, the athleticism is not there. Um, so is what it is. Uh, hopefully he'll be a good coach at some point. And Benjamin's in the house. Evening, Ben. Evening, fellas. Thank you very much. And uh, it's the stars as well. Thank you. You're a star. Holden Adams also with the stars. Thank you very much, Holden. Uh, salute to you. And Dave, Dave, uh, careful. This hat's get already getting pretty tight. Um, <laughs> Nick has the brain power to make up for the loss of Eric. Um, well, we both certainly, you know, have the uh, the mouth power as far as like jabbering right. away. So, uh, no, and that's thank you very much. Uh, just enjoy talking ball with you guys. But I think that's definitely a good call. I with everything that the coaches have said, now Shelby Harris is saying it. I know you have Drew Lock listed quarterback one. I think it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I think it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater out of the game. I, I think too. he is going to be the starter. I, I do too. I just wrote Drew down first, so I read it off in that order. Oh, it, it, okay. it, it, I, I do think Teddy actually wins the job out of camp, and if they do to go to Drew, it's going to be four or five weeks, six weeks into the season, something like that. Um, okay. it, and it, unless the Broncos are playing well, unless Teddy's playing really well, I think that it's going to be Teddy throughout the season. But I, and I do think he wins the job outright in camp, but which is unfortunate. I, yeah, honestly, like we, I try not to have rooting interests other than the team itself, like mm-hmm. for individual players. I put God. OK, there's two caveats to that. Von Miller, he was here before I became an analyst. I'll love Von forever. It's very hard for me to be not uh, unbiased with him. Also, it's pretty hard for me to be unbiased with the Hawkeyes that are Broncos on the roster. <laughs> God damn, I love him. Um, uh, Noah Fant, you're a real one, buddy. Uh, but uh, that's uh, um, no one thing. Like I love Michael Ojemudia. I love uh, Josie Jewell's great. Um, Casey Kreider, man. Why did they have to move on from him? He's the best right. long snapper I know. Uh, but the, no, um, when we're talking about the uh, quarterback position here, I do think Teddy's going to win it. Uh, but And we're not supposed to cheer for these guys outright, right? I guess you can do it however you want. But uh, as an analyst, I try not to be biased, insert bias in that, because I feel like it takes away from the analysis. It's better for the Broncos if Drew Locke wins this job. Right. And not because they're both poor or anything like that, but it's because Drew Locke takes a step forward. The Broncos have two uh, years of control left. He's still young. Um, so that's that's what I'd hope. That's what you'd hope for for a team. 
it's more important though to get the best guy out there to take advantage of this roster and to get out of this playoff funk, right? This is too much. When's the last time the Broncos played a meaningful football game in the month of November? Right? Yeah, like it's, it's been way too long. So I think that's more important than, you know, if Drew Locke loses the job and Teddy gives you a better chance to play meaningful football late in the season, so be it. Yeah. It, going back to that, weren't the Broncos, what, seven and four or something like that in November? In 2016, Trevor Simeon, that was your Trevor Simeon was playing. Yep. That was the last time. I think yeah, that was the last time. It, it, yep. Mm-hmm, that's right. And uh, th- there was actually uh, a play that Trevor Simeon missed Demarius Thomas wide open. He threw the ball yep. like 10 yards short in the end zone. It would have been a game winning touchdown, too. Uh, but, anyways, moving this forward here, uh, running back position. I originally wrote down four guys. I originally had Royce Freeman making the roster, but I decided to change my mind. I've been hearing really good things about another player. We'll get to that here in just a few minutes uh, on the offensive side of the football. But Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Mike Boone, obviously. Um, with Mike Boone, I've been hearing some things with, from Benjamin Albright on Broncos Country tonight about Mike Boone being the kick returner this year, which could definitely have some shakedown effects to the wide receiver position as well with you know uh, Deontay Spencer. And mm-hmm. also with Tyree Cleveland. So, I mean, Mike Boone making this roster, obviously the, the George Payton went out and got his guy from Minnesota, gave him what $1.1 million on one year, uh, one year deal. They obviously went out and drafted Javante Williams uh, in the second round, number 35 overall. And then obviously Melvin Gordon with the big deal that he had last season that everybody really hated, but you know what? I want to say this. I'm going to pound the table on this one. Melvin Gordon actually lived up to that contract. He really did. Mm-hmm. If, if you think about it, it like, he, he made, what, $8 million last season? He was the ninth highest paid running back. You know who was number nine in rushing yards last season? Melvin freaking Gordon, okay? Yeah. He went out over the last eight games, rushed for 563 yards and five touchdowns. It's in an eight game, you, you extrapolate that data out over a 16-game season, that's 1,200 yards. I would rank fourth in the NFL. Okay, yeah. so he went out, he, he got paid a lot of money, and no one wanted to see him get that contract, but damn it, he lived up to it. Let's stop the hate for a minute. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing with the Melvin Gordon contract is – know where you are and what your window is. And right. uh, I'm not looking to pay a running back huge money unless I think I'm a running back away from the Super Bowl contention. Right. And this team obviously was not that last year in hindsight, but it wasn't that going into it either. Um, and also when you talk about the, the Melvin Gordon contract uh, cap hit last year, uh, 7 million, 2020, about 9 million this year. So average 8 million. Yeah, that's, that's about right. So my biggest thing is understanding the window that you are, you know, being right. real with where you are. Now, if your argument is uh, I need to have that type of running back to develop my quarterback to find out if Drew Locke can be the guy, I'm more ears to that, if that's your explanation. And I think we got Travis coming in here with some stars. Thank you very much, Travis. Thanks, Travis. Uh, hope you're doing well out in Utah. A uh, friend of mine going going way back on the the old Facebook um, on the on Broncos page. So uh, good, to, good to see you, Travis. Thank you for joining us. Um, Mike Boone as a kick returner, I, I could definitely see it. He is one that, and it's just a general, you're into coaching. Like the, the kick returner is typically a bigger body guy who's very uh, strong can take, take the ball, take some hits and a more of a straight line runner uh, where the kick return or the punt returner is more, a little bit can be smaller, jittery, et cetera. Uh, if they can figure out a way to have your running back three, be the kick returner and then open up a, where you don't have to hold on to a Deontay Spencer. I'm all for it. I, I would, I've been predicting a Tyree Cleveland for that role. Uh, given his body type and uh, his experience there. But uh, if it could be Mike Boone, all the better. I'm all about that. And uh, Mike Boone becoming a super special teams player as a running back three. I know I say running backs don't matter, but if they're contributing on special teams, maybe they are valuing just a little bit for me. 
Right. And that, that, that actually goes into the conversation I want to get here with Royce Freeman. He doesn't play special teams. He never has. Nope. He's never been. A, so he's a great receiver out of the backfield. You can line him up out wide and throw him the football. We saw that in 2018 with Royce Freeman and a little bit in 2017 as well, where he was catching the ball out of the backfield way better than Philip Lindsay was, which is another reason why the Broncos moved on from Philip Lindsay and went and got Melvin Gordon. But if you don't play special teams on this roster, it's too talented. There's way too much talent in the top you know, 48, 40, 47, 48, 49 guys to have a running back. That's, uh, I mean, he's a niche player at best at this particular point. I, I like Royce Freeman. That's not to say anything bad about him. I think he's a, he's a good physical runner. He does good things out of the back, the backfield, decent pass protector. There's a role for him in the NFL. It's just not on this team. And and that's unfortunate. Cause I like Royce Freeman. Um, now, the wide receiver position, obviously the big four, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, and whatever order you want to put him in there. I have Tyree Cleveland on this roster as well. I think the special teams aspect of him, he offers a different skill set too, something that the Broncos don't have, a bigger body that can really stretch the field vertically. Um, and then I have Seth Williams. Uh, this mm-hmm. is another red zone threat. And it, it, obviously, the being a sixth-round draft pick this last season, George Payton's going to get his guy. Uh, he can play some special teams. He didn't really do that at Auburn, but he played safety at high school, and he played as a very physical safety from the sound of it, coming downhill, laying some hits. So I think that Seth Williams being a gunner, you could see him be another, like, uh, he's a, obviously a bigger version, but a Kayvon Webster's kind of guy. Co- uh, Cody Latimer is probably the better comp- uh, comparison there. Uh, so that's the way that I went with the wide receiver position. Nick, any qualms with that? Uh, these are the exact same guys I would pick if you think uh, Mike Boone or uh, Tyree Cleveland could return kicks and you're okay with KJ Hamler or one of these cornerbacks down the line um, returning uh, punts, then that's that's great. That's creating room. Deontay Spencer always been a good returner. That's um, still he's older. Uh, you don't have many years of control left, which matters for taking these guys. And I don't know if I want to subject Seth Williams to uh, the waiver wire or anything to try to sneak him on the practice squad, considering he's a six round pick on him. And Oh, Eric's here. Eric, Eric how you doing up, buddy? Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying the day off. Thank you for stopping by though. Um, the thing with Seth Williams too, is that he was drafted to be, it's not about what he does this year. He has a chance to develop into a starting caliber or, you know, fourth wide receiver, first guy off the bench as an X receiver. And with how uh, both Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are going to be free agents at the end of the season, both X receivers. That's mm-hmm. Seth Williams role. He's going to take yep. over one of those players contracts. You have four years of control on him. You're going to try to get that guy in the roster unless it's obvious he doesn't belong. Right. right. Then that's, that's something that could happen here throughout training camp. But um, odds are just with both those contracts there, the niche fill, how different each wide receiver is. He's an X. They drafted him to fill one of those guys shoes. Maybe not fully fill their shoes, but being, being a fill in for the position and the role. Right. And I think honestly, and this is a a big reason why I kind of thought about this for a minute here. Uh, Seth Williams making the roster. We still don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers deal. If if the Broncos are going to be able to move on, uh, like go and get an Aaron Rodgers, they're going to want a receiver. They're going to want a young receiver with some with some upside. I don't think that's Seth Williams. I think Tim Patrick's the guy you got to watch out for there. Honestly, like he he had an amazing season last year. Seventy one catches, zero drops. Uh, really filled in well for Cortland Sutton. He has that prototypical X mold. And now we're hearing some rumors about Devontae Adams potentially. Not, like he's not talking to the to the Green Bay Packers in contract extensions anymore. Tim Patrick has X upside, maybe not wide receiver one upside, but he can be a, a really solid number two. Yeah. And he proved that last season. Yep. No, he's really good. I saw. I think it was Pro Football Focus again saying the Saints should trade for him. Um, I mean. If, I love Tim Patrick. If the Saints wanted to give us a second round pick, you know, um, good luck, Tim Patrick in uh, New Orleans. But, um, yeah, he's he's really good. He's going to have another good season. And uh, Broncos have depth there. And that's a position where you need 
four, three, four guys that you can depend on because injuries are going to happen, especially with a 17 game, a 17 game season now. And uh, he's extremely underrated uh, from the national perspective. Yep. And I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Um, speaking of excited, uh, Travis coming back in. Um, I know Browning is on the PUP. Will we see him play this season? Make the roster? Um, well, unless he goes on the injured reserve or the injury designation list, um, then you probably will see him make the roster. I guess this could be something that lingers. I, it feels like they're being pretty hush-hush with it overall, so I don't know. Um, but as far as seeing him play this season, it's the same exact thing with Seth Williams, right? You have both your starting linebackers are going to be free agents at the end of the season, and you have Stranod and Browning, who you'll have two to three years left of control for Stranod and Browning. Um, and you hope that one of those guys can fill at least one of those roles. But as far as what Browning does this season, if he does anything beyond contributing to special teams, that's that's icing, right? You, you shouldn't have really anything expectation-wise beyond that for Browning in 2021. Right. It, I agree with you on that. And uh, the POP, that's uh, that's precautionary. He can come on to the uh, he can come off the POP list at any time. Um during training camp for sure. And then I know yeah. that if he starts the season on PUP, he has to come off. I think it was before week six or week eight. I wish I knew that rule, uh, but I know that if he doesn't come off by like week eight, I think is what it is to the active roster. Then he gets placed to injury reserve automatically. So we could potentially see Baron Browning sit out for a little while, but it doesn't sound like it's that, that serious of an issue. Um, I think it was Vic Fangio uh, spoke about it. This was back at rookie minicamp where he suffered that knee injury and it was more of a bone thing than a ligament thing. So there's no ligament structural damage that way. It's I'm not sure if it's like a bone bruise or the small fracture or something like that, which I mean, wouldn't necessarily be great by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, he also did say that he was going to be good to go by training camp, maybe not the onset of training camp, but by training camp. So it sounds like he's going to be ready to go here soon. Uh, And Peter Middleton jumping in here, it it opens the roster hugely for Cernod, though, excited for him. Guys, I have both those guys on the roster. But before we get to that, we got to grab in the shop with Willie with a $2 super chat. Uh, Where did it go? There it is. Uh, We are not getting Rodgers. We can stop that. Hey, Willie, no. Don't you dare crush my hopes and dreams, buddy. If we get if we get Rodgers, this team's a Super Bowl contender. Like, quite honestly, they might be the best team in the AFC. Like, really, yeah. they, they really could be. It would be fun. Um, but uh, Willie's riding his guys, ride or die, Drew Locke supporter. And uh, you know what? God bless. Good good luck. Sorry, John. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, no, totally fine. Um, and Robert's saying, I disagree with Willie. We're getting Aaron Rodgers next month. Well, you know. We'll see what happens. Um, but uh, so far, I agree with everything you've had, you've put out here. Um, you also have Deontay Spencer not making the roster. Um, yep. Probably one of the final guys cut. Uh, and it's just because you have other guys that can fill that role. Uh, mm-hmm. While the kick returner, punt returner is important, it's still pretty niche. So um, I think our first our first disagreement, though, is coming right up here at the tight end position. You have you wrote down three next to tight end, but now you have four guys listed here. So tell me about that first. All right, so obviously Noah Fant and Andrew Beck. I have Andrew Beck number two right now because we just don't know with Albert Okwegbanam and his he's coming off the torn ACL. It, he was yeah. out there in minicamp and everything. We just we got to see what that looks like. He's obviously going to make the roster if he's not put on pup or maybe even injured reserve uh, coming out of training camp. But the fourth guy I have, Eric Salbert. Um, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Eric Salbert, about him being the Y tight end. He's a decent blocker, can get out there and get nasty in the running game. Not the best receiver, but I'm hearing good things that he could be the, the fourth tight end on this roster and potentially push off, push off a Royce Freeman, which that's the way I had it, was Royce Freeman and then Eric Salbert not being on there. But then I switched it to Eric Salbert and Royce Freeman being the last guy cut. Yeah, um, well, I'm going to go with Sean Byer because go Hawks. Um, but also I want to give a <laughs> shout out to Eric Salbert because uh, he went to uh, Drake. 
which is a uh-huh. smaller college in uh, central Iowa in Des Moines, Iowa. So uh, I'd have a friend who went there with him and knew Eric. So uh, hopefully he will do well. I know he's been bounced around the league for a little bit. I think he was a shrine bowl standout as well when he came yep. out. Yep. Um, so Drake bulldog uh, that seventh, that fourth tight end position, I probably would put in Sean Bayer right now uh, just because younger, more years of control. Sean also is a decent blocker. Um, and, uh, I love Sean's mom. Uh, she saved me from an Iowa, uh, Wisconsin game where I had way too many adult beverages and she said, Here, have <laughs> some food. So true story. Um, so gotta, gotta give a shout out to her. Uh, but that's a tough one. And looking at this roster, right. And like how it's put up together right now, I feel like tight end that why tight end specifically is a position where you could see the Broncos maybe bring in outside help. They'll probably yeah. be a body out there that they could bring in and compete, but the ones they have right now just don't really, uh, give me much hope, I guess, or they don't really make me very excited. Uh, they, I don't feel very stable with them either. And a lot of that could come down, come down to how confident they are in Albert Okwebenam's health. So uh, in the shop with Willie in here, blowing up the chat, he's first off, he has a, another $2 super chat. And he says, uh, let me grab that really fast. Consider your dreams crushed. No Rogers. And then he comes back in here with, I don't want Rogers, not even a little bit, especially because I'd owe Nick 20 bucks. What is the story behind this quickly? I honest to God do not even remember if we bet or not, or if he said something <laughs> in one of the chats where I, if that happens, I'll give you 20 bucks, Nick. Cause um, you know, I don't even remember the parameters for that. Uh, so he's going to have to, he's going to have to answer that uh, for you. Um, but uh, we'll see. And Peter Middleton coming here, Spencer traded for a tight end. Uh, I don't think no. Spencer is going to get any value for you, right? Like really? he's, there was another question earlier uh, that said something about Royce Freeman. We like, he's a bust. He needs to be out of here. We need to trade him for whatever we can get. You'd be lucky to get a conditional seventh round pick for a third yeah. round running back that doesn't have really much footing in the NFL right now. Like, honestly, there's no trade market there. Either he's going to make this roster like I have him as the fourth running back and barely see the field unless he's going to contribute on special teams, which he hasn't done to this point in his career, or he's going to be cut. And it's unfortunate because I, I, I liked Royce Freeman. It was a pick that I didn't necessarily agree with. I wanted Fred Warner there, but still at the same time, I mean, it is what it is. You, you miss out on it. You miss out on an elite talent for a guy that was a sparing, you know, role player. So whatever. Uh, let's go to the offensive line here. And we're going to build this from the inside out because black Knight jumping in here on Twitch. Got to give a shout out to our Twitch subscribers, guys, mile high huddle at Twitch. Go, uh, go subscribe there as well. Black Knight three twenty three. I think his name is Jeremy. If I do remember correctly. Yes, it is. Uh, so who do you guys think is going to be the starting center? And honestly, as much as I love Quinn Miners, I think it's Lloyd Cushenberry. Those are the two guys I have on the roster. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry, obviously, you're in the system. Quinn Miners didn't play football last season. Uh, the, the Division three canceled their football season due to the uh, the ongoing pandemic and everything. So, well, I do like Quinn Miners. I like the athleticism. I like the the physicality that he does have. I don't think that he's going to have enough right now to be able to take on Lloyd Cushenberry unless Cushenberry flat falls on his face and did not do enough in the weight room this year because that really was the worst aspect of his game was pass protection and holding up it, uh, with with uh, what is it the the functional strength like he didn't have any functional strength and he just got bullied over. So those are the two guys. Nick, any disagreements there? I do not have disagreements at all. Um, Quinn Miners coming from Whitewater didn't even snap a ball before the Senior Bowl, right? Uh, in practice, uh, that's a big ask. Also, the center position is a very heady position, and not that Miners isn't smart, and that's not what I'm getting at, at all. But because he doesn't have that experience, because he's a rookie, I'm guessing there's going to be a learning curve there. Either way, even if he was, you know, played multiple years at Alabama as a starting center, like, and he's a late third round pick. That's another thing. Yeah. So, Miners, um, well, I so think, is Kush. so is Kush. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. But that's what it, what it was Cushionberry like last year. Right. That's that's you know, struggled um, yeah. coming off of LSU where he was played for, I think, for the oh, whatever the award is where the best offensive line wins at uh, college football. Award. I think maybe it's the Maxwell. I don't remember. I um, so. But uh, maybe it's Remington. I don't freaking remember. Uh, either way, um, Lloyd Cushionberry, uh, I think he is going to be the starter. It's more like for me, if Cushionberry struggles, you could see Miners come in towards the end of the season to see if they can get a shift and to get minor some experience, you know, the last three or four games if the Broncos are out of it or if Cushionberry is really struggling. But as far as starting out of the gate, unless there's an injury, um, I would expect it to be minors. Yeah. Or excuse me, well, uh, Cushionberry. Excuse, excuse me. Yeah. You're, you're good. Uh, yes. Interesting fact about Quinn Miners. Back, going back to the senior bowl really fast. You said he had not snapped a ball in college. He played left and right guard specifically. I think left guard for the most part. Yeah. Uh, when he was at the senior bowl, he actually broke his hand. Mm-hmm. Did you know that, Nick? He, yeah, he broke he broke a bone in his hand and then went out there and continued to play throughout the rest of the senior bowl practices as a center, snapping with a broken hand. This guy wants to play football, and he's pretty damn good at it. So I, I don't want to really throw him out, but I do understand. You know, he didn't play football last year, and everyone's it's 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 a he has the the what the highlight you know workout videos and stuff like that. It, it's a fun story, the belly of the beast and whatnot. Like you said, though, Nick, it, there's a big strong learning curve going from D three to professional football, learning a new offense, learning a new position. That's the probably uh, arguably one of the most important positions on the offensive line, not named left tackle. And I, I heard I heard Carl talking about this earlier a couple weeks ago on building the Broncos about how right tackle is probably getting bumped down the list just a little bit. As far as the center goes, I disagree with him too, but it's it's, it's, center is probably that next, that next position though. If you're left tackle, right tackle, then the center, because your, your, your center has to set the line protections and set the shifts and know everything that's going on, know every single position, how to work, uh, what's going on in front of him, reading defenses as well. It's a very smart, intelligent position. And you have to be good at it to be able to, you have to be, have a high football IQ to be able to, do that well now to go to the outside or uh, to the next position on the outside obviously you've got your guards uh Dalton Reisner Graham Glasgow returning as starters uh Natani Muti and then I have Austin Slopeman who was just on the Huddle Up podcast I believe it was on Monday uh, if you guys haven't seen that go to Mile High Huddle on YouTube go check that out it was a great show it was very candid he did a really good job it was really fun but uh Schlotman obviously has some guard center versatility there. So I, I value versatility on my offensive lineman. The more hats you can wear, the more value valuable you are. So that's another reason why I had him. But Natani Moody is really the interesting case study here. Yeah. Uh, you have 10 offensive linemen making the roster here. Yep. Do you think there'll be 10? Is that typical number or is it nine? It's nine or ten, but as of right now, I think I think they're going to be. Uh, I think I think it's going to be ten. I, I really do. Uh, the, the Broncos have a guy that they really like, and Mike Munchback. This is this is a pet project out of him. Uh, I, I can't remember if he's in his second or third year now. But uh, Calvin Anderson, the offensive tackle out of Texas, he played left tackle for Garrett Bowles last season against the Carolina Panthers. Actually played well, not so great at the right tackle position, but I think this might be your swing tackle. I have him on the roster right now uh, behind Garrett Bowles, Bobby Massey. Cameron Fleming as well but Calvin Anderson is a guy and if you're going to keep a fourth tackle you want to have a guy that that can again wear multiple hats he can play on the right side he can play on the left side as well that's the guy that I really think that is if they're if you're going to push anybody off it's going to be Cameron Fleming or Calvin Anderson there yep I could see that I could also see Schlotman uh not again I know we like Schlotman yeah. in here um but uh, he's another one that's he's on the bubble you know no way to no way to lie about that um, thank you everybody. Andrew Baker coming in with the stars. Andrew Baker's always starring us out here. Came in late, but MHH for life. Let's go. We lost our longest Monday night football streak and have the record for no playoffs after a Super Bowl win. The time is now go Broncos. Well, I agree with you there hundred percent. 
Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a big point there. Um, also we have to get to the defense still, but it does sound like there's some actual, I know. Did you see the NFL was hinting or people in the NFL are hinting about uh, breaking news that could happen tonight? Yeah. Some... Carl said, Carl said something about that. What What's going on? I, I saw you have it in the private chat here. Um, well, it sounds like there all of a sudden is a bunch of momentum that Aaron Rodgers is, uh, going to retire. Um, if the Packers do not trade him, that's probably his last call that he wow. can have. Um, Pro Football Focus is saying now multiple sports books are saying that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to retire uh, next week. And now Aaron uh, Benjamin Albright is saying uh, David Dunn, um, who was the uh, um, the agent for uh, Aaron Rod- or for Carson Palmer when Carson Palmer retired from yeah. the Bengals to force his way out, um, is also the uh, agent of uh, Aaron Rodgers. So uh, it sounds like this is a play. I mean, it's worked before. Uh, we see, saw it work before with uh, Carson Palmer. Um, and now there's a bunch of momentum as far as Aaron Rodgers retiring, retiring um, to force his hand. And uh, it's either, you know, trade me or nothing. That is bombshell information. That has me almost as excited as we were the night of the draft. Remember when those reports came out from Mark Schlereth about how he's going to, you know, the Broncos have a deal and whatnot. Black Knight, Jeremy jumping back in here. Uh, do you think Denver trades for Rodgers? I firmly believe they do. I, I in, in whether it's this season or next season, I firmly believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Denver Bronco within the next year. I, I do firmly believe that. I, I hope it comes to fruition here in the next few days. With this, I mean, he actually put out the really kind of the the biggest piece of leverage that he had. He had mm-hmm. that he had the opt out window back in early July where the, you can opt out due to the uh, uh, the COVID efforts and stuff like that. Like he didn't do that. He hasn't really went out and said, "I I want you to trade me." I like I'm I, I'm not going to play for you. This is it. This is the move right here that says I will not play this season unless you trade me. Yeah, and Dave, I mean, Dave actually has a good point here. His trade value goes down every day. He isn't traded. Yeah, oh, man, this is this is interesting. You always said, "Oh, would Aaron Rodgers really be willing to do that?" But uh, sounds like Vegas is saying that now, and sounds like uh, Albright is hinting at it as well. And there's history there with uh, Dunn being the agent. So, uh, yeah. man, this would be this would be really interesting if it happened. Um, we'll let that simmer for a second. The comment section want to go. We obviously wanted to get out of here in two minutes. Um, that's probably not going to happen. But the rest of the offense uh lance let's let's uh, let's hammer it out all right so rest of the offense we the clown have shoes. will he be nice it's, it's okay, i'm not wearing clown it's shoes man i'm wearing vibes. flip-flops wearing it's good flip-flops. vibes come on man uh <laughs> that was that was rest of the offense so you have uh we'll just run down the the offensive line really fast lloyd cushionberry quinn miners obviously uh you have uh, dalton riser graham glasgow natani moody and auction slotman uh garrett bulls bobby massey who the broncos signed to a pretty decent money deal this this yeah. offseason to play right tackle and he's athletic enough to be able to do it he's going to be the best right tackle the broncos have seen in several years uh Cameron Fleming and then Calvin Anderson on the interior of the defensive line. Let's go inside out on this really fast and quickly, because we only got about 10 minutes or so before Nick has to go. Um, Interior defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, obviously, Draymond Jones, obviously, Mike Purcell, obviously, McTelvin Aguin, that the uh, the Broncos' third-round selection from last year. Shamar Steven, uh, a guy that uh, – this is another one of George George Payton's guys from uh, from the Minnesota Vikings. They signed to a cheap money deal. And then Deshaun Williams, a guy that Eric really liked. I liked a lot as well. He played it very nicely behind Mike Purcell, and I think Mike Purcell is – fantastic he really is probably the best run run stuffing zero one technique in the nfl 
And that's uh, like, seriously, it, no, uh, his, his run stop percentage two years ago, number one in the NFL, his uh, yeah. run stop grade per pro football focus in, the, uh, in two years ago, number one in the NFL. This guy is fantastic. I love Mike Purcell. Yeah. I do think that there's a little bit of nuance to that data where um, he's asked to do his role. And sometimes mm-hmm. your run stuff is not going to be as good if you are also uh, trying to rush the passer. So somebody like a Dexter Lawrence or a Vita Vea or a Jonathan Hankins, um, because they are also trying to push a gap are not going to be as staunch in uh, their ability to anchor. Um, but no doubt he is very good and he's underrated. And the Broncos paid him a, what a, nose tackle that doesn't offer much pass rush should be. Um, so there's value there and I, he's a good player and I hope he's healthy, right? The Liz Frank injury. Yep. yep. Um, that's what zapped Ryan Clady of his career. Um, so, uh, this was that champ Bailey as well. Yep. So you want to watch out for that. Um, that does concern me, but uh, hopefully it'll be fine. Um, and we got uh, Peter Milton coming in saying, this has been fun. Who is a surprise cut or trade? Uh, and with the stars there, thank you very much, Peter. Um, surprise cut, I guess. I guess the surprise cut could be one of those wide receivers there, maybe like a Tyree Cleveland or a Seth Williams, considering how young they are. Um, but as the roster said, I guess the most likely big surprise would be Bryce Callahan, right? You can save yeah. 8.5 million. You have a lot of cornerbacks. There's only one year left of control left, um, but that would be a big surprise. So uh, Tim, we'll see. I said it earlier, Tim Patrick to green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. Make it happen. Let's go. <laughs> uh Edge defenders for the Broncos. I'm going to kind of wrap this up here, guys. Edge defenders for the Broncos. I only have four making this year. I wanted to put a fifth one, but I, I don't know. Undrafted rookie free agent Andre Mintz, I, I believe out of Purdue. I'm forgetting the school. It's right at the tip of my tongue. Uh, anyways, Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, obviously Malik Reed last year had a really decent season doing some cleanup work for most for the most part behind Bradley Chubb. Uh, and then Jonathan Cooper is the guy that I have. This is, uh, this is George Payton's guy. I mean, we had Derek Tuska on the roster last year. That's the uh, um, that's you know water on the bridge at this particular point. Derek Tuska wasn't great. He's not very long. He's not very athletic. He's just kind of a guy. Did decent on special teams, but Jonathan Cooper actually has some upside. He can rush passer. Decent in in uh, in the setting the edge against the running game. This is a guy you can develop. And with you know Von Miller at the tail end of his career, Jonathan Cooper is actually kind of a, in a very intriguing prospect to me. Is he going to be on the roster this year? Or is he going to be a guy who's injured, uh, put on the injury reserve, put on the shelf with the heart condition Ooh, and whatnot, and yeah, be given right. a year to develop? Because they can protect them then, create a roster spot, and uh, give them a full year to get healthy. So uh, I'm excited about Cooper as well. But with the heart condition and everything, I could see them you know, giving him that redshirt season where he is protected. Uh, obviously, one of the years of his contract will be eaten up. But still, you're not subjecting him to being taken elsewhere by another team. And you don't even have to worry about the football stuff. Just get healthy, slow development. What is he, a seventh-round pick? Yeah. Uh, that's not a, that's not a bad path for him. So I, I agree with you listening to him here because there is a big drop-off at the edge rusher position. Yeah. But I could see the Broncos easily saying, you know what, this guy, we're going to give him a year. Well, and the, the edge rusher position is probably, you know, need number two right now on this roster, quite honestly, behind quarterback. And <laughs> right it's tackle. Long term, yeah. yeah. Right tackle for sure. But at the same time, I mean, after when you have Von Miller gone, Malik Reed is, we don't necessarily know. He's he's okay. Jonathan Cooper, again, with a heart issue. Bradley Chubb, we still don't know exactly what he's going to be. He's coming off of, he's still coming off that ACL injury. Didn't have the greatest season last year. Had a lot of pressures, but he didn't get home. So, could the Broncos be looking edge round one next year if they find it? Like, if they get Aaron Rodgers, does edge go to need number one? Uh, edge or right tackle, right? Yeah. It's, they're both they're both very valuable positions. I have a hard time putting one over the other. It depends on what talent is available, right? Like, let the player right. 
decide at that point. That's why you do tiers rather than zeroing in on one position. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, let's keep it going on this uh, this line. Are the uh, um, predicting the roster here? All right. So off ball linebackers and yes, off ball linebackers, not inside linebackers. No, off ball linebackers, guys that play off the ball. Uh, Alexander Johnson, Joey, Josie Jewell. I have Baron Browning making the roster uh, just because I think he is going to come off the PUP list at some point. Justin Sternod. And then this was one of the last guys I had on the roster. And Josh Watson, third uh, third year player at a CSU special teams guy. I think that that's really the upside for him. Uh, and you can substitute Natrez Patrick here as well. But Natrez Patrick right now is currently on the injured reserve list. So he, um, I don't think he's actually on IR, but he is on the reserve list. So we'll, we'll figure out some more about him here soon, but I have the Broncos keeping five off ball linebackers just because of not necessarily the importance, but you don't know what's going to happen. Alexander Johnson, Josie Julie, you got some young guys you want to bring up and see what they can do. Yeah, no, this is a good list here. I do think that we kind of talked about it earlier here, but I liked Tuska coming out as far as a seventh round pick, right? But uh, he looked a little bit small last year. Um, I, but I do think there's a spot for him on this roster is kind of a hybrid edge and off ball player. Um, right. He's going to, he's going to have to transition to that second level of the defense. If he's going to hang in the NFL, he just does not have the the frame to hang. Uh, excuse me, excuse the rhyming um, as a full-time edge defender. So uh, I could see him working at the second level, getting some specialist or uh, some niche snaps at the edge as well and bringing special teams ability and filling in a kind of a two for one there on the back end of the roster, especially because he's still so cheap three years left of control. That stuff matters when you're talking about the very back end of the roster. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Cornerbacks here. This was the really fun one because there's a lot of really high quality guys here. Obviously, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, Pat Sertan, uh, ninth overall pick. He's definitely making the roster. There's no questions there. Uh, I have Michael Ojemudia here as well, but we're going to see him play kind of an interesting role here. I think you can play him. He's, He's better suited as a boundary cornerback. I think that they're going to try to line him up at some star role and use him uh, with that tackling ability, his aggressiveness coming downhill, driving on uh, driving on ball carriers. Michael Ojemudia might see some safety star, like safety kind of hybrid linebacker role snaps there as well. And then I have Kerry Vincent Jr. making this roster. This is another versatile chess piece. He's small. That's that's a yeah. big thing, and he's not necessarily very physical, but that, this dude can cover, man. I tell you what, he can play in the slot. One of the best slot cornerbacks in college football a couple of years ago, he opted out last season, so he didn't play. But at the same time, he's he's fluid, he's quick, he's aggressive going towards the football. He has a lot of, he gets his hands on a lot of footballs. I really like Kerry Vincent Jr. If you guys remember going back to the to the draft stream, I literally jumped out of my chair when I found out the Broncos drafted Kerry Vincent Jr. after getting Jamar Johnson and Caden Stearns. I'm like, you bet, man. This 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 uh this secondary just got so much more deep they got so versatile there's a lot of things you can do and you can throw each one of these players out there and they can have an impact yeah no that's a uh that's a good list there um obviously saying Bassey's not making the roster here duke dawson's not making the roster here at least you're gonna listen to the safety nope you don't um so this makes a lot of sense to me um these are the guys that i would have as well you list six cornerbacks maybe some to some people that's a lot but when the broncos have invested as much as they have um that's a position you're looking to invest heavily in so I agree with you. And I also agree with all, all your safeties as well. So the only like some of these positions, maybe the interior defensive line at the very end, that last edge rusher, that last tight end, those are some spots. The last linebacker that where that's, what's going to make training camp fun, right? Like people want to see the quarterback battle. People want to see what happens at the pecking order of the cornerbacks. Uh, but I want to see who's going to make the, you know, spot 48 through 53, right? Those as crazy as it is, you know, 
very fun to watch those guys and see who makes it. Right. And that's the hardest part of, of doing this whole exercise. I mean, do you keep Royce Freeman over Eric Salbert? Do you have, you know, Austin Slopeman making the roster, uh, Calvin Anderson, who is it, is it Josh Watson potentially like the, you know, 50, 51, 52 and 53 are the hardest ones to do in this entire thing. Wrap this up really quick. Safeties. Obviously you have Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and then the two rookies, Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson specialist. We don't need to go over that. You have Sam Martin, uh, uh, Brandon McManus, and then whoever the longest snappers is. It, is it Jacob Bowman Moyer? I think that's who it is. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily matter. But that pretty much rounds up. Nick, do you have really any qualms? Like, is there any one guy that like is like eyebrow raised to you? Uh, nobody really here. I mean, you have a lot of the same names. It's uh, it's the back end of the roster stuff. But are, is that really eyebrow raising? I don't know. Maybe like ten offensive lineman, maybe keeping Deontay Spencer on instead, uh, something like that. Um, looking at the roster, it looks like a pretty good roster. Uh, depth concerns, but you're going to have depth concerns. Every single team is going to have depth concerns. Long-term for edge rusher, uh, linebacker starting uh, turnover coming up here, the tight end too, what can Albert Okwebunam do? Uh, but Okwebunam, um, excuse me if I said that wrong. Uh, but uh, not to beat a dead horse. It's that quarterback position, man. It's yeah. <laughs> make or break. Make or break for the team. It looks good on paper. Uh, they'll go as far as that quarterback will take them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Nick, hey, thank you very much for joining me today, man. I really do appreciate you being able to fill in for Eric. I know he appreciates you as well. Uh, it's great to be able to do this, you know, get Dove Valley Deep Divers building the Broncos in this head-to-head duel, you know, a clash of, a clash of clans or whatever you want to call it. So I really do appreciate you for joining me today, man. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, a lot of fun to join. It's good to see you as well. I'm glad to see the facial hair. Everyone <laughs> uh, sticking out there. Make sure you let Lance know that the facial hair is strong. Um, yeah. I'm a little jealous. I'm I cannot grow it as strong. I would love to get a mountain mustache going, um, but uh, I'm not that cool. Not yet. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, thank you also for potentially covering for me next week as well. Yeah. And also uh, thanks to John for joining us today as well. Shows are always a lot funner uh, and easier uh, when he joins us as well. So, uh, John, you're, you're a real one. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate you, John, for doing everything you guys, uh, for everything you do behind the scenes, running the ones and twos guys, you guys can find us. We're going to wrap it up here, uh, on the Dub Valley deep divers podcast. You guys can find us on Twitter. You find me at Sanderson MHH for Nick, my co-host at Nick Kendall MHH. And obviously for Eric, uh, my usual co-host at Eric trickle for John at John K MHH. That's John K A Y M H H. Uh, also, uh, let's see, we got in the shop with Willie with another $2. Willie, dude, what's up, bro? Thank you for that. We appreciate you. Uh, Drew will look good this year. Take it to the bank. Hey, I'm hopeful. I am. I, I don't necessarily have the most faith in it, but I am hopeful. I really yeah. am. I hope that he does take that next step because really it is what's best for the Broncos that he turns into yeah. the franchise guy that they wanted him to be. But, John, I'm going to uh, steal the sticks here, guys. Again, back to the matters of business here, guys. Make sure you guys, while you're at it on Twitter, follow at Mile High Huddle. That's the mother account. Instant news and analysis, breaking news, um, film articles, opinion articles, anything regarding the Denver Broncos, you're going to find it at Mile High Huddle. Guys, if you guys are in a financial position and able to do so, head on over to huddleuppod.com. That's the merch tent. That's where you're going to get yourself one of these Dove Valley Deep Divers hats or one of uh, one of Nick's Building the Broncos hats, or you can get this new Dove Valley Deep Divers State of Being t-shirt. That's been up there for a few weeks now. Make sure you guys head on over there. Get the, get yourself something. There's something for everybody. A, a hat, coffee cup, face mask. Uh, there's a hoodie, something for the guys, something for the gals. A onesie for your baby if that's your fancy. Get on over there. HuddleUpPod.com is a great way to support the show. 
Uh, Facebook supporters, go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle. Click the blue become a supporter button. That's where you're going to get premium content from Zach Kellerman on Kellerman's Corner Sundays at noon. And also Eric Trickle, who's not going to be doing the Trickle Zone this, this weekend. But usually that show goes live Saturday at noon as well. Um, and folks, if you guys are not financially able to do so, or that's just not your bag, you don't want to do anything like that. You just enjoy the content. The three easiest things you guys should be doing, wherever you guys are watching the show, subscribe, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Apple podcast, anywhere you guys get your podcast content, subscribe to mile high huddle, like every video you guys see across all platforms. And if you love it, share it. Get it out in front of as many Broncos fans as possible because the more eyes that we have, the most organic way that we can uh, do to it in, uh, improve and expand our show to do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, Nick, I always ask Eric this before we get out of here. Do you have any last words, bud? Uh, any last words? Everyone stay safe. Everyone have a great weekend. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow night as well. And, uh, you know, either way, we can disagree on the quarterback position. It can get heated in there. Uh, but we all want the same thing in the end, and that's the Broncos regaining their rightful birthright mantle at the top of the AFC. And uh, any way we get there is fine by me. Uh, not anyway. You know, let's not to kill anybody or um, I don't want to be having terrible people out there. You know, we don't have to be the Chiefs to get there. But um, that's uh, – final words there everyone stay safe have fun love y'all uh and go broncos always like to say that one too yeah absolutely you guys stay safe and take care thank you all for joining the dove valley deep divers podcast we'll see you guys the same time same place next weekend and as as always as nick just said go broncos we'll see you guys later